2: Hello, this is Christina Sasso of Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. You need to register to the upcoming Prophetic Gathering of the Saints on December 31st. Mark your calendar. You can register by going to our website, SOGMI.org, and click Events. Again, it's SOGMI.org and click Events. The theme for this conference, 2020 Vision for Year 2020. I conducted a training one Sunday for the ministry team. It was about several weeks ago. And while I was speaking, the Holy Spirit started revealing something new and redirected my teachings in light of this revelation for the following weeks. In Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train a child where he should go, and when he's grown, he will not depart from that teaching. That is my translation. Proverbs 22, 6. But you got the gist, right? You started training a child the right way, and when he is matured, and even when he or she is on his or her own, The child will not depart from that teaching. One of my main concerns when I was pregnant with Joshua, our first child, that if I continue in the ministry, if I obey God, I will end up neglecting him. And our future children later came, James, and then Erica. I always tell everybody I got three perfect, wonderful children. With messy rooms. Most parents, if not all of you parents, can understand that, right? I was concerned that because I heard and I read, most children of big ministers rebelled against their parents and against God. They didn't want to have anything to do with the ministry. And I was concerned about that. I did not want that to happen to my children. And I went before the Lord and said, something is wrong. Something can be done, probably. So when Joshua was an infant, I showed him around the house, and I showed him things and places that he can touch or he can play with. So I showed him five or six yes, yes, and one or two no's. I emphasize the positive, the things that he can do. And I started training him in accordance to Proverbs 22 6. Of course, Mike made sure that our son cannot open cabinets and he placed a cover with our electrical outlets. But when it comes to breakables, displays, we kept them in their places. And me and Joshua. While he was still crawling, we reviewed and we made it as a game, find the yeses and the no-nos, and um, it became a part of our game every day, and it worked. And when James came, it was Joshua's turn to teach his brother and point to his brother all the yes and the few no-nos. And then when Erika was born, her two brothers trained her with just a little help from me then. Mike and I followed Proverbs 22, 6. And while I was sharing this with the body of Christ one Sunday night, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and said, listen to this. The Lord told me, Christina, I would very much want for my people especially the new converts, to be trained like that, to emphasize all the good things that I have for them, all the wonderful things that I already done for them, and a little no-nos. As it is in our present days, many have wrong perception of who God is, So God is being blamed for a lot of bad things happening all around us. We hear that's a judgment from God. God is going to punish you. And at the same time, on the good things, very seldom that God gets all the glory of all the good things that are manifesting. So let me explain. I know you already know where I'm going with this, right? When I got born again, and baptized with the Holy Spirit, one thing that I realize is how special I am in God's heart, me. That God truly loves me, and He loved me all along, and nothing can separate me from that love. Second, I started hearing the voice of God, and the Holy Spirit started teaching me showing me scriptures, giving me visions, giving me prophetic dreams. So three things really solidified my Christian walk just after a few days of my conversion. Number one, Jesus loves me, and nothing can change that. Even I walk away from him, he still loves me. I will bear the consequences. But He still loves me and He will provide a way out for me. Nothing can separate me from that love. Second, that I can truly see visions and I can hear the voice of God. Third, that God can use me mightily. He is more than willing. It is part of His great plan upon my life. So these three truths solidified and deepened my walk with God. Even now, after many years, those three things cemented things for me. Cemented me by His love and my knowledge that He loves me, and no one can convince me otherwise. All I know, and it is the truth. That God is a loving and merciful God, and He loves you and I. Listen to me. While I was a child in the kingdom, these three things solidified and matured me in my walk with Him. So now, the Lord wants me to train His children where they should go and how wonderful He is to mentor people in their early spiritual developments, and they will always go back to these three principles. Our three children grew up in the presence of God. They grew up in prayer, in praise and worship, in conferences, in crusades, and Sunday services, and Wednesday services. They learn, and it has been a part of their lives, the supernatural, the miracles. It is now a part of who they are. And even if there is a possibility that they will deviate from the things of God, when they get in trouble, they will always go back to Him because it is who they are. Same things with all the young people at Freedom Fellowship Charts. They all grew up with the supernatural, hearing from God, and they will not depart from that. They are all well-trained, and they love God. That is why I am now teaching this on this program. This is what I have been doing overseas, especially training young people so that they will get in fire for Jesus before they will get contaminated with a lot of man-made doctrines. Amen? If you read the entire Psalm 103, it tells you about the many benefits of serving him. Benefits when we belong to Jesus. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not of his benefits. Our benefits from serving God and living for God, they are awesome. It is not just about sacrifices, hardship, famine, afflictions, and poverty. Yes, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God will deliver us from them all. That is a benefit. Our benefit in being in the kingdom of God and serving and living for Him is we are the head and not the tail. That we will rule and reign with him. We will not be a borrower for the rest of our lives. His plan for us and one of our benefits is that we will be lending to many nations. He already healed all our sickness and diseases and so on and on. And one thing that I like is in Psalm, he prepared a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies. I like that. Jesus will even hold a party for you in the presence of your enemies. And of course, oh, that's in the Old Testament. Yeah, but Jesus confirms all these benefits and much, much more, more than we can conceive or even imagine. The benefits of some one or three, and much much more, he confirmed them in John ten ten He says, "The devil cometh to rob, to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. Isn't that amazing? Not just we're going to live a life, we're going to be prosperous. It is a part of our inheritance." It is a part of our benefit. Please keep that in mind. So let us focus on the good things and the intent of God, even when he disciplines us, he said, because he loves us. His motivation is always love. God is never cruel. It's not in his DNA. It's not in his character. He is always merciful and, keep this in mind, a holy God. If you do not focus on the love of God, if you do not focus on Jesus, once all this benefit started manifesting, God knows you will give into pride. You will give in to your success. You don't have any time for him. And at the same time, you will think that because of your righteousness, because you are so good and talented, that you prospered. No. Remember what Moses told and reminded the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy. The Lord is giving you this wonderful land, a land flowing with milk and honey, not because you are righteous, but it's because of the wickedness, the fullness of the wickedness of the Ananites, Canaanites, and all the ites in those times. Not because you're so good, he said, because you are all stiff-necked people. And if you notice, all the prophets, anointed men, and women of God in the Bible, they knew and learned the heart of our loving and perfect God, even in the midst of trials and tribulations. So let me backtrack for a little bit, and let me address what is happening all around us. Troubles will come. Afflictions will come. And God is not teaching you something when bad things happen to you. That's not how he teach. That is not from the Holy Spirit. But please do not focus and say that when all these bad things are happening, that this is a sign of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is not scriptural. Yes, I said that. Let me repeat again. Don't ever say, when bad things are happening that it is a sign of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us listen to what Jesus has to say about the last days. And I'm going to read from NLT, okay? In Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 and 8. Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 8. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him and privately asked him, What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? See, Jesus addressed that. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. Did you hear that? Do not let anyone mislead you. Verse 5. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. That is an instruction. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Did you hear that? These things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nations will go war against nation and the kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first sign of the birth pains with more to come. In other words, what is happening in our world is the beginning of the end. Verse 9. Then you will be arrested and persecuted all over the world because you are my followers. That has been happening. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. That is happening. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere, including in the body of Christ. And the love of many will grow cold. I added the last sentence, okay? And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is we are at the helm He is coming back for a church without spots nor wrinkles. And he is waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. He is waiting on us. So don't ever say or prophesy, Oh, Jesus is coming. Look at the wars and rumors of wars. Look at the earthquakes in diverse places. That is just the beginning of the end. Until the gospel of good news about the kingdom is preached throughout the whole world. And all the nations of the earth hear it. And then that is when the end will come. Amen? Okay. Remind yourself also that as long as the earth endures, there is seed time and harvest. Like day and night. They will happen whether you like it or not. You are going to reap what you sowed. Some of us need to pray for crop failure right now. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. The fires in California. That is not judgment from God Himself. He allowed it. But he did not cause it. It's not his original plan. It's not his best plan. But it is a harvest. And the people of God, especially the leaders, need to be proactive wherever you are in bringing and preaching righteousness wherever you are at in the region. What do you expect why these things happen? Many wicked people took to the streets, and stated and declared publicly they don't want God in California. Remember, Christians need to be proactive. What happened? It is the justice of God that you reap what you sowed. And why is God not answering our prayer for the fires to be put out? Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and repent from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. God is a God of justice in everything that we say that are contrary to his word. Everything that we did that are contrary to his word, we must repent so that he can hear our prayers. We must do everything in our power for God to hear our prayers, but he requires a true repentance on our part. Okay? True repentance, not for show, not for self-righteousness. The harvest is for the entire state and sometimes for the entire nation. And this is a harvest season. It is important how our president and political leaders say, confess, and profess. It is important that President Trump acknowledges that this nation is under God, that the United States of America is a Christian nation and will remain so. He has declared it, Under the authority that God has given him, he has that authority and he decreed it. And it's going to happen as long as the leaders, especially the body of Christ, is united. It is important for the religious leaders to show godly example, to show by example, and not propagate hate. So thank God we are united. And in spite of our doctrinal differences, let us unite under the banner of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our unifying force is Christ Jesus, and our language is love. Same things are happening all over the world. For example, in the Philippines, they have earthquakes, natural disasters, for the past weeks. One of the reasons, I say one of the reasons, Their political leader acknowledged and installed another religion, another God for the Philippines, instead of one true God. And that country ceased to be a Christian nation. There are lots of measures that spiritual leaders in that country are divided. They are divided into two factions, and the whole world can identify them. There are more identifiable with their political affiliations than in the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. One faction, those who support their president, they campaigned for him, they endorsed him on the pulpit, they continue to defend him, making excuses for him in spite of some of the wicked fruits that are produced. Remember, it's harvest time. We all need to examine the fruits. What is true in God's eyes? So the second faction are those who continuously criticized their president, even hate him. They kept on attacking him instead of following what the word of God commands. To pray for those that are in authority, whether you voted for them or not. Now the entire country, the entire region, have harvested what was planted, and many, even Christians, don't even know it. The pulpit is for preaching about the kingdom of our God and should be used to evangelize, to make disciples, to prepare God's people for the works of service in every sector of society. So it is harvest time. God did not cause it. God is not answering prayers because there is a need of repentance publicly in accordance to Second Chronicles 7.14. Why is it that when I started stomping on your toes or about to skin you alive that I always ran out of time? Join us in our Sunday services. We are located at 8419 Callahan Road off IH 10. Our morning service starts at 10.30, and if you cannot make it physically, we are live streaming at exactly 11 o'clock. You can go to our website, SOGMI.org. And if you missed any of our program, we are on podcast, and we are also now on Spotify. God bless you for tuning in. Until next time
1: thank you for listening we all hope you were blessed by this message today if you were let us hear from you if you wish to contact us or sow a seed our phone number is 210-396-7891 dot sogmi dot org.